Welcome to Continuing the Conversation, uh, a unofficial official podcast from Calvary Chapel, Mercer County. Uh, my name is Kyle Garman. I am joined today by my friends Will Lynch and Dana Still. Hey, guys. Hi, Kyle. Hello. Hi, Dana. Hey. <laughs> Great. Okay. So we have Dana in here and we have Will to, to help too, but um, the goal behind our conversation today is to go back to the sermon from Sunday and kind of expound a little bit on it and just continue that conversation that we started on Sunday morning and see what other things we can pull away from it. Um, and we have Dana in here. Her story relates a little bit to what Greg was preaching about from Acts, um, Acts chapter 8. So that's going to be the basis for our conversation. Um, something that stuck out from Greg's sermon in, in Acts chapter 8 was um, this idea of being opportunistic in our going about in uh, the idea of being scattered um, disciples. So we, we looked at specifically the um, the scattering of the disciples from Jerusalem uh, and, and the preaching that then took place as a result of that. So we saw this persecution arise and this, um, this circumstance of pressure that um, allowed an opportunity to arise for the gospel to actually go forth. And we saw that the word scattering, it wasn't this chaotic throwing randomly it was more of a of a planned and purposeful placing if you will um so it was an agricultural term like sowing or just distributing um and so we see that there's a quote that greg said where god uses pressing circumstances to guide us into his will um so we're being guided into this this place where he he wants us to be um, a place where we can be obedient and respond with the proclaiming of the gospel so we have Dana in here today. She's going to talk a little bit about um, her story, um, how it relates to this idea of being uh, of taking these opportunities to to share with others, and um, as we'll see, she was shared with. Um, so we're really excited to have her here. So Dana, um, to start, why don't you just show, share with us a little bit about um, your story? We know Will knows a little bit more than I do. I'm a little bit more unfamiliar. So for those listening who don't know your story. Um, how is it exactly that you came to Calvary Mercer? Um, I guess what situation arose that, that kind of got, got you here? Okay. Um, so I don't know if I should start when I moved up here or what brought me up here. Um, so how long were you, you, you're from Florida. Um, and so how long were you in New Jersey before you started coming to Calvary Mercer? Okay, so I was in um, New Jersey for about six months before I started coming to Calvary. Okay, and would you say that you came up, up like, when you arrived in New Jersey, were you a believer? Were, did you know the Lord? Yes, I knew the Lord, um, but I was not walking with the Lord um, when I moved up here. Um, when I moved up here... Um, that was kind of my, um, like my initiative. Is that the right word? Mm, uh, initiative, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, to start searching and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. seeking yeah. the Lord, you know, initiative is a great word for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, because I felt like the Lord was leading me to move up here. Were you looking for a church? Like how, how did then you end up at Calvary Mercer, you know? Yeah. Okay, so um, I moved up here, and I was looking for a church, but I um, didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to find a church. Um, 
at this time I was 23. I got saved when I was 18. Um, and before I had moved up here, I never had a home church. So I didn't know what it looked like to go and find a home church or anything like that. Um, so I was really scared to like get caught up in, um, being involved in a church that wasn't teaching truth. Mm. Um, so I would pray and ask the Lord to show me a church, but like when I would pray, it wouldn't be so serious. It was just kind of like, you know, just like thinking to myself, like, Lord, please just let me find a church that, you know, teaches truth. I don't want to, you know, go somewhere that doesn't. Um, so, I was working at a local pizza restaurant and um, a man came in from Calvary Chapel and he seen a tattoo that I have on my forearm of Jesus and he asked me about it um, and he asked me if I went to church and I told him no, that I had just moved up here, you know, um, six months ago and I was looking for a church and he told me that I should come to his church and his church was Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Um, that's when we were located in the community center, Ewing Community Center. Um, and so after that, I started coming. Like next weekend? Yeah, that the same. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what about what happened then at that moment and you coming here? Like what changed in your life as a result? How did that kind of affect you going forward after that initial visit here? So going forward... Um, it was hard because I felt like um, taking the step to actually come to church and, um, you know, grow my relationship in the Lord. Um, I was definitely um, held back from doing that because then I got into some things that, um, you know, prevented me from walking with the Lord even more. You know, the same things that I had left Florida for, I eventually found myself getting right back into. Mm-hmm. Um right after coming to Calvary. So I started coming to Calvary December, 2018, and I stopped going within the same month. Mm. Um, you know, because I found myself right back in the same situation that I had left Florida floor. Um, but within that time I had met another couple from the church. Um, and you know, thank God for them because I just really believe that through consistent, earnest prayer is what got me back to Calvary in March 2019. Um, And that's when I seriously committed myself to walking with the Lord. Hmm. That's awesome. So it seems like, so it wasn't just that one interaction at the, at the pizza place. It was a few that kind of occurred. Mm -hmm. Um, so without those individuals kind of taking those steps and, and um, stepping into your life and walking alongside of you in that way, um, I knew you, you talked about this a little bit um, and the fact that you stopped going to Calvary at one point, but how do you think that would have affected you if they hadn't took those opportunities to, to speak to you in those moments? Yeah, I think right now we have to, we kind of have to drop God's sovereignty yeah. and, you know, like the plan of God and the things that it was always going to happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but if it didn't, but if trajectory is true, if it just though where you're at working at this pizza restaurant, if this man didn't see your tattoo, if he didn't invite you based on where you were for that six months, where do you think you'd be today? Like, what do you think you'd be up like, or not up to, but like, just go ahead. Um, 
if I did not have that encounter in the first place at work at the pizza place where I was working, um, I would definitely, you know, be addicted to drugs in jail, you know, maybe even dead right now. Mm. Um, you know, if the other person from Calvary didn't approach me, um, you know, like it, it just would have progressively gotten worse. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing how a small interaction, like just a simple invitation to a church can, you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who it is. Who's on the receiving end of, of your invitation. Um, I think we have this assumption that uh, that person doesn't want to hear what I have to say, or, um, they seem like they have things figured out. They don't need church or, or whatever. Um, so just tying it back to just the, the sermon from Sunday and, and the message we were talking about, um, again, this idea of this, of this purposeful scattering. So we ourselves aren't necessarily being scattered um, as a result of persecution from our homes necessarily, but we are living um, in a community, in a neighborhood where we were purposefully placed by the Lord, by his sovereign will. Um, and so we, you know, we have these opportunities throughout our day to um, – to be interacting with those um, who are around, who we see, whether it's someone at, at the pizza shop or um, at the barber for getting your hair cut or wherever. Um, and so in Acts, we saw the Lord allowing this pressure to come against the church, paving the way for the gospel to kind of explode throughout the region. Um, and so what kind of encouragement is there from maybe your story, Dana, um, in relating to what we read on, on Sunday in Acts? What kind of encouragement is there? And Will, you can chime in too. Um, for those people who are trying to have those conversations or they're looking to, they're just a little bit scared. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of make those assumptions. So there's presuppositions ahead of time, mm-hmm. assuming the conversation won't work out or maybe they are having these conversations, but there's just been no fruit from them mm-hmm. that they can see. Yeah. Um, so what kind of encouragement can we pull from that for the listener? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just struck by the simplicity of this interaction. Like when you, originally told it to me mm-hmm. um i was like in disbelief <laughs> you know what i mean like and then you know that was early you know i kind of i knew a little bit of the story on how you got because you know so, i'm sure someone came over to you how'd you find out you know and mm-hmm. you share, so i knew a, a little bit about the story pretty early on you know but then to see then you know, thinking about this on Sunday and thinking about uh, that interaction and thinking about where you are today, like just graduated, you know, just graduated from Mercer County and looking to go on to a four-year degree or whatever, like, and just, you know, that's just in kind of life, let alone where you are spiritually in, in the growing that's happening there. It's like we don't ever think that that little interaction is going to equate to that. And so that has stuck with me as not only do we not know what the what the other person's going through that they might be ripe for this conversation and ready to receive this conversation, but we also don't even know what the end result is going to be. And we, 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 I think when we think that this will end up being really nothing, we just said that the Lord's potential for change is like zero. Mm. And that is, 
you know, that doesn't even sound like it's hard to even say, like, because it's so obviously wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is essentially what we're saying. You know, um, that's our functional theology. It's uh, it's how we live out our theology. And and so that is just mind blowing to me that um, such a tiny interaction, like the mustard seed kind of like mm. interaction so the, it's the tiniest seed, but it grows into the biggest. Um, and but that's who he is. And um, and so I, I guess my last encouragement, my last thought is to not to focus ourselves on the call or the command to be opportunistic, to be ambassadors, rather than uh, the focus being on what's going to be the fruit of this. Because if I focus on the call or the command, every opportunity I get, I feel called to step into versus me prejudging what I think the result will be and determining is this worth it or not um, from that perspective. And so I think that's kind of where I've been sitting on as we've been uh, talking and then since Sunday. How about you, Dana? Yeah, I definitely agree with that um, because you just never know and you can't automatically assume like you don't have the eyes to see, Mm -hmm. you know, what seed you're planting and how it's going to grow. So, you know, don't assume. And like you said um, about the call, if we look at every opportunity, like the call and the command, you know, if if you just look at it like that instead of like, oh, I'm trying to grow this fruit or have this fruit bearing in this person um you know i definitely think that you know you you do what you're supposed to be doing in that time and um you know like we're not called to um convert people that's Mm. not our job um Mm. you know and we're just called to share the gospel Mm. and um you know just take that little step and share our faith with people we don't have like i don't i don't feel like it's a huge responsibility that we have Um, you know, if you feel like that, like ask God to help you, Mm. um, because it shouldn't feel like a burden. Mm. Yeah. I almost feel like we put too much pressure on ourselves. Definitely. We're the ones who we're responsible for their salvation in a way, which isn't the case. And when I, I spent a summer in Ocean City, Maryland, a couple of years ago, um, we did a lot of evangelism on the weekends. And one of our staff members told us like effective evangelism isn't whether or not you convert someone on the spot like it's you being faithful with the message you've been given sharing it but leaving all the results after that up to the lord mm-hmm. because you have nothing to do with the the heart that's going on yeah. inside that person um and that really stuck with me and um and i also think another another thing that was shared with me on that same mission was um like how often we're so eager to, to share with people about um you know this great new restaurant we just tried and how amazing it was i went to this place called Carlucci's one time and it was amazing. And I went and I told everyone about it and I was like, why don't I have that same enthusiasm with sharing my faith? Cause if someone said, Oh, that restaurant isn't that good. I wouldn't be that offended by it. Um, obviously I wouldn't be, you know, that hurt. Um, but the message we've been given is of the utmost importance. Um, and I think that, I think Greg brought back this verse, I think this past week and he mentioned it a few times before, but from Acts chapter four, um, verse 19 regards to Peter and John and says, but Peter and John answered them, whether it is right 
in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God. You must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Um, and how they're just being faithful with the message they've been given. Um, it's not their job to, you know, count up exactly how many were converted on the spot or um, they're not judging the results or the success off of that. Um, they're just being faithful and trusting that the spirit um, will change lives as a result because, you know, the message that we've been given is is real and it's truth and it, it changes lives as we've seen in your case, Dana. Um, so with that, I think that's probably a pretty good place to wrap up. Is there anything else you guys want to share before we? I do have one quick sure. story. Um, it's all like just coming to, as, as I think back to when I came to know the Lord in 2008, um, it wasn't like one conversation that brought, that got me there. And I remember this one guy on an airplane from Chicago to Florida. Um, I sat next to him and he, and he turned, he just, uh, kind of faced me and started talk, started conversation with me and got to the things of the Lord and, um, had a small conversation with me about it and then turned around like you know turned away and talked to his friends the rest of the time and that little seed started to stir the pot like that was like a the start of the pot stirring in my mind about these things and others would kind of come along you know months down the road and and then it just started working but that guy doesn't has no clue that I am where I'm at today and he wasn't the sole reason like he didn't sh- he didn't like say the sinner's prayer with me you know what i mean um and he has no clue wherever he's at he has no clue that that conversation started stirring the pot mm. in my mind um and he was just faithful to you know be an ambassador and and share share a message of hope and and forgiveness and um and truth and and then he turned around and had it was cool you know for the rest of the time and didn't keep pressuring me or anything like that just that was it and uh i hope i see that guy one day (laughs) you will hopefully yeah uh awesome well uh to those who are listening we hope this has been an encouragement to you um and we hope that we can come alongside one another as a church here in in uh, mercer county and um and just be faithful with the message that we've been given um, and just going out and making the Lord known in our community. So mm-hmm. we hope this has been a blessing to you, um, and we look forward to seeing you. Have a great day. Have a great day.